ride a ride. We're here with Mame and Mom. Yes. Well, hi, Mom. Where did you ever, ever come from? You're my mom, so I came from you. Yeah, that is true. That's true. This backhanded compliment changed your whole life. Mame out, man. Welcome back to Mame and Mom. It's just I'm only here recording this, and but Mom's in the episode. Don't worry. Don't fret. I don't even know what that word means, but don't worry. <laughs> so today you're going to hear an interview with Corey Saunders. He's a journalist, New York City resident, comedian, and in fact, one of my favorite people in comedy. And we chat with Corey about his wonderful and hilarious relationship with his mom, growing up as a queer kid in a small suburban town, comedy, and his career that now has brought him to move to New York City. Stay tuned for a wild ride. Coming at ya, Maimon Mom style. Maimon. <laughs> All right, well, we're here. We're here with Corey Saunders. We are. So wow. Can we call you Core or Corey, or what do you like to be called? Uh, so I go by Corey, but my parents, when I was born, decided to just like give me the wildest name they could. I was the first born, right? So they named me Edward after my dad, but then they didn't. They needed a middle name, right? So they thought about it and they were like, "Well." You were in the womb backwards, which necessitated a C-section. And yeah, it, there was a lot going on there. So they decided to give me the middle name Corrigan after this pilot who I believe flew to Ireland instead of California. And he was known as Wrong Way Corrigan. And it was the Indies. <laughs> yeah, so Corrigan became Corey. So your com- comedy started like right in the beginning. From birth. In the womb. In the womb. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cute. It's fine. I love it. I love it. So you're a comedian, I hear. Oh, here and there, you know. Here and there. So where are you? Corey does it all. He does it all? Well, tell us what you do. Uh, Yeah, so by day, I'm a journalist, and by night, I do stand-up comedy, so I'm constantly writing and telling stories, which I plan to do a lot here ad nauseum, so I hope you have that edit button ready. (laughs) Go for it. We like stories. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I, I edit a lot. No, <laughs> well, I guess I, if you don't mind, I want to start here. I think this is the best way. Yeah. How do you two know each other? How's that? How did through, you meet? Through comedy. How did we meet? When was the first time you met, Corey? Oh, God, I don't even know. I, I, I don't know either. I, I'm always intoxicated at these shows or I try to be. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the okay. deal with sometimes. Valid, valid. I think it. You, what did you think of Emily when you first met her? Oh, I thought she was adorable. You're just like so sweet, and you're like one of the kindest people in the Boston comedy scene. You know what I mean? Like you're just there. There are people you run into who are just like in it for themselves, or they're very selfish, or they're social climbers. Not this one. No, no, that's not her. You know, I I don't know. She does it for the right reasons. And I think because of that, she's going to be very successful. Mm. And just like you, Corey, she said the same thing about you when she was telling me about you. And I think that's why she's drawn to be your friend. Because, you know, they absolutely. Yeah. The bird. You don't always meet genuine people. Whatever. People are. Bird of a feather flies together. Um, No, because some people are so ambitious. They let their ambition get in the way of being a person and Mm -hmm. gross and trusted you know plenty of them but no it, it was never like that with my love Emily here oh, thanks my mom always gets in gets into ways to compliment me and make me feel awkward so thanks mom <laughs> good for you but thank you love you Corey 
What did you think of Corey when you first met him? I mean, honestly, I feel like Corey is always consistently the best. Very, like, out there in an amazing way. Just hilarious. And tells really great stories. So I'm excited to have you on today for that reason. They're always amazing stories. That's really cool. I guess the comedy scene, though, generally has, like, a high school vibe. Yes. Like, very petty, very... Not just petty, but, like, for... Because, I mean, we love being petty, but being petty... (laughs) But, like, being petty in, like, a... um, They don't want anyone to succeed except for themselves. Competitive. And it... Yeah, but, like, in a very just gross way. This is how people work. I mean, this is the truth. This is reality. People that are secure within themselves, they don't have to do that. So I, and I feel the two of you are secure. I know M is. And just from what she said to you and just talking to you right now, the oldest child, I can <laughs> tell you're, you're secure within yourself. So you don't have to be like that when you're secure in yourself. No, you right? Mm-hmm. You're back. There's a big, huge, I mean, and you know what? Um, helping other people grow, that shows how secure you are in yourself. And I mean, that's, I think that's what it's all about. I mean, obviously, you have to be competitive. I, I, I can be competitive at time. I think we all can be, but in the right way. Healthy competition. We're going to say well, what, what we do, too, you know, the way I approach writing and I think about writing is that, you know, it's always better when you collaborate. Like, whenever I write a script or a new bit, I try it out. I read it out loud. I have someone else look at it. Because you want to get an outside perspective, right? Because what we do is so subjective. And I think we benefit from collaborations with people who are more, you know, like, let's work together. Let's collab. Let's, you know, make this a team effort. I think it could be, I think things could be great. I think things could be so much stronger. But mm-hmm. I, I wish... I wish we saw more of that. In a way, you can say that comedy is always collaboration because you need people to laugh to make it a joke, right? And you need different perspectives to learn what's actually funny and not what's just funny to one crowd that's not funny somewhere else. Yeah. Mm. Being versatile is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like understanding people, I feel like as a number comedian, one. you do have to understand people. You, that's the only way you can get people to laugh if you understand people. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have you on today. We have this podcast. We, we'd love to hear about you and your mom. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I part of the reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast, other than the fact that you're so amazing, of course, is your relationship with your, with your mom because it's one of my favorites. I love hearing about it. <laughs> I'm all about it. Fill us in. So, I love it. Yeah, so I my mom had three boys and she wanted three girls, so you know, she got like a half girl. Let's just call it what it is. You know, she she's always kind of treated me, and and I don't want this to come sound I don't want this to sound negative, but I feel like she's always kind of treated me like the daughter. She never had like it was always very much about like you know the stuff that we could do together, the like girlier stuff that my brothers like wouldn't do, right? So like we've always like kind of bonded over that. Or she's a very funny person and very direct. Like you you always know where you stand with her. Number one, but number two, she just she has this way of just calling it like it is and not having having a single concern about how it comes out because that's her and she's not going to apologize for it. The women on my mom's side of the family have this thing where they keep their telephones, their cellular telephones uh, in their bras. And yeah. And so apparently uh, my mother's uh, chesticles have a mind of their own and they like to call me in the middle of her work day. Uh, Something that she refers to as a boob dial. And I will get a phone call from her and it'll be on a time too, where I'm like, you know, we'll be texting about something and I'll be like, Hey, I'm on deadline. Don't call me right now because I'm slamming. And then she'll call and I'll be like, okay, who's dead? Hello? 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, why is your voice coming out of my boobs? <laughs> that sounds so great. It sounds like your mom has always understood who you are, though, which is really beautiful. I don't know. Like, it sounds. I, yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about how when you were younger, she just kind of like understood that you're what your interests were. And I don't know. It just sounds really nice. Yeah, she's she's always been very supportive. When I was younger, we were living with my grandmother for a while. Nana had this, you know, big idea like, Lois, let's send Corey to the private school that you went to and I'll pay for it just for a year just to try it out, see how he likes it. And I'm a kid, I'm like, I don't all right, sure, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. So they sent me to this like Catholic school kindergarten where I was like the very like flaming flamboyant child. Um, Mm -hmm. So I wasn't like super popular, right? But at the end of the year, they had a talent show and we all had to be in it. Like there wasn't a choice of like, you can enter or not. It was no, everyone's in it. So all these kids are like getting in their groups, pairing off, whatever. I realized I have to do a solo act. So- Oh. After this group of kids, oh no, it's not. It's, it's not as sad as it sounds. After, I could see this. Yes. Oh yeah. And I elected to sing "Part of Your World" from the Little Mermaid a cappella, <laughs> and I was like committing to the act. And my mother and her mother, my grandmother, are in the front row, just being like, "Yep, that's our boy." Ariel, right there. And we're like, you know what? He wanted to sing his heart out, and he didn't. Good for him. That's, that's so cute. Wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. I was very lucky. So, yeah. So it's you and your two brothers. So how how many years apart of you, are you all? So we're separated by three years. I'm 33. My middle brother just turned 30. And the youngest one is turning 27 later this year. Okay. So your mother really connected with you. I think a lot of times we'll connect with the oldest, especially if there's Awkward. three years apart. What? said awkward awkward yeah emily's not my favorite her big sister is my favorite just kidding they always say that i'm kidding she's in her phone is britney the favorite i know and when it goes out it's britney (laughs) the favorite she's not my favorite none of them my favorite you have a different relationship with each kid you really do Mm -hmm. i mean it's completely different and i think for most people your oldest child especially three years difference that's that's a lot. So she got a lot of bonding time with just the two of you. So mm. that's huge. And then, I don't know, your personality, you just kind of clicked. That sounds nice. That sounds really good. So you kind of like her little bud. Yeah, I mean, we, we were, we're both very type A. We're both like very into reading. And, you know, like she, yeah. we were both very academic. Whereas like my dad and my brothers are a little more like, you know, brawn, right? You know, they, they opted to do like physical work or they didn't yeah. love school or, you know, they just, they, they have more in common themselves and my mom and I have. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel kind of left out? Because you weren't like the other brothers and you were more more like your mom, you know, like in the same things, having the same interests. So I know you don't know me well, but something that I'll um, explain for those of us listening to the podcast who, who yeah. are trying to get an idea. Um, I don't do physical activity or dirt. <laughs> okay. Or good camping for you. or like electing to sleep in dirt. Like, mm, no. I don't blame you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. You said that your mom has always been someone that doesn't really put up with anything. Do you think that that kind of shaped who you are? Yeah, it, it was. It's very much like a, a role model thing, right? Is that you know? Because mm-hmm. I grew up being pushed around a lot, and she's like, "I don't take that." 
you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You kind of, you learn, or I learned anyway, that you can say no, that you can be like, "Mm -hmm, I'm not putting up with this. I'm not dealing with this. You're not treating me like this. I love that. You were saying that there was a time where you kind of felt insecure. You felt like you didn't, all the other kids paired up for the concert and then you were by yourself. Is that kind of how you felt when you were younger? Yeah, I mean, because I was different than all the other kids because I'm from, you know, Metro West, Massachusetts. So, like, it's it's not super conservative, but it's not super liberal either, right? Especially, like, where I grew up in, you know, a very suburban part of town. There weren't any other kids like me. And even when I went to high school, the only other out kids were, like, this kid who I can only describe as Regina George in a man's body and <laughs> the kid who was like inexplicably the lead in every play. And I didn't understand why, cause I didn't think it was that great. Um, but there just, there wasn't like a community and it, being out wasn't normalized back in the early to mid two thousands, like it is now. Right. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I hear about all my friends and they don't, they have kids who are like growing up, maybe they identify as queers and they're like, I have all these friends and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, cool. I hung out with the girls and I took a girl to prom and that was awesome. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I was so lucky to have those friends and to have those experiences, but you know, you, it, it's a different world now than when I was growing up. So mm-hmm. I guess this Absolutely. is where I'm getting at. Cause we didn't, more Definitely come here, but more people need to hear this. I think this is mm-hmm. beautiful that we can say this. Be- as you know, some people are afraid to come out and they should be able to. So just you talking about this helps other people feel comfortable to do the same. And I think it's good because we have a lot of parents that listen to this. And I think they need to hear this because maybe one of their kids needs to come out, but they don't feel comfortable enough or, or what have you. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think this is huge. And talking about what does it feel like? What does it really feel like? It, it can be really hard, especially if you're being picked on or bullied and people that don't understand you because, quote unquote, you're saying you're different. That that could be hurtful for you. Yeah, it wasn't so that's fun. That's what I want to hear. Huh? <laughs> it wasn't fun. <laughs> no, it's hard. It's really hard and it, it, it's painful. Well, and that's so the I, thing. I, 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 well, that's the thing is that there there's an auditory tell, right? That, you know, I, I can't disguise this voice. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't a conscious decision I'm making. This is how I've always sounded, right? Yeah. And that all mm-hmm. me even before I really understood what that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, like you said, we're getting better now. People are starting to understand a way lot more. The hairdresser for several years, and my first job was in Boston at John Delaria, and I had a couple people I work with, they told me that they were gay. I'm like, oh my God, you're gay. I never knew anybody that was gay. I love them. I love them. And I think that they kind of changed my life and really helped me to understand people and to not judge. I mean, why would you judge someone because of their sexual well, orientation? I weren't comfortable being themselves. And people still aren't comfortable being themselves. And it's, and people don't always even get it. I mean, most people just think I'm straight now that I'm with a guy. So that's... <laughs> It just is what it is. I think bisexual is confusing. <laughs> I'm still, I don't know. This is all, I mean, and being honest, I, I tell Emily, and I think we teach each other a lot of things. I think that's great. I mean, you've taught me a lot of things. And I didn't know anything about bisexual, but I can understand it now because you explained it to me. So yeah. that's fine. When you've yeah. got an open and honest I mean, dialogue. Open yeah. honest dialogue. Yeah. And did you, so did your mother know you were gay before you knew? Oh, I think so. I think everyone did. Like, I, I had an aunt telling me, she's like, Cor, we've known you since you were four. Shut up. But like, 
So, yeah, I mean, actually, Emily, I asked you if you were gay and you got mad at me, like, no, I'm not. And then find out. Then I get a phone call from her like a couple of weeks later. Oh, you know what? Maybe when you said, but I think mothers know. But for a lot the bisexuality of is just confusing to even people that are bisexual. So, like, it's understandable. Yeah, I don't. It's like, wait, wait a minute, explain that to me. But I think the only thing that would worry me about it is I wouldn't want people to judge you or for you to get hurt. That's the only thing that worries me you know what I mean as but a mother I, that's what you no matter what you worry about that, right yeah you can worry about that but it's a lot worse to not be able to be who you are absolutely like I mean it, and that's the case for anything whether it's being gay or it's being anything at yeah. all like that's different yeah like it's like being able to be authentically you is everything and, and I think that's what a lot of yeah. kids struggle with yeah, I agree. And well, Corey, so you said your mother knew before you knew, but when did you come out to her? Was, was she the first one you came out to or tell us the story? So it was never really a, a thing because it was just kind of like, I didn't have like a big moment where I was like, this is a thing. Like I just, yeah. I lived in my life. I, you know, I, I thought about this a lot where I don't, I don't think it's necessarily fair. And, and I realized that I'm going to be on this you know, soapbox here. I don't know that it's fair that we should have to declare it, right? Yeah, I realize, yeah. I realize that I just, I brought home my first boyfriend one day and was like, this is Jason. He was the worst. Hope you know <laughs> we all have a Jason. <laughs> For real? Like too many. So uh, we were out Christmas shopping because I was still in college. We met working at Express because that's how gay I am. And, um... <laughs> And we were out Christmas shopping and I was starving and I was like, I really want Chinese food. And there was this Chinese restaurant in South Framingham that my mother used to like to drink at because the drinks were free and plentiful or uh, cheap and plentiful rather, excuse me. I was like, she won't be free. Yeah, I know. Imagine that's my wishful thinking and my day being up at 2am this morning. I'm like free drinks. But we we walked in. I'm like, she's not going to be here. Not only was she there, but two of my aunts were there and like four of like my mom's girlfriends who I've known since I was <laughs> were there. So I was like, no, yes, we're doing this. And we go in and I'm like, Hey mom, this is Jason. She's like, Jason, it's so good to meet you, honey. I've heard so much about you. I'm losing my job tomorrow. And I went, this is how you tell me? So they decided, all the girls decided they were just going to party because she was losing her job the next day. And that was her opener to my first boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, we're a bunch of alcoholics here. No. <laughs> That's it. How about your dad? His response was, cool, just... Just use protection, all right? Because he he came of age like in the eighties, right? And oh yeah, you know, everyone obviously was dying of age. Yeah, Awful. He, that was that was his concern for me. Like he, yeah. he's never he's never like asked me about my love life. That's not our relationship. And I don't even really bring my mother into it much because I know it's gonna fail, <laughs> and then she's gonna ask me about it for three weeks, and I'm gonna be like, enough. Like my. Book- <laughs> My little brother is yep. getting married this summer and he's getting married 4th of July weekend and the rehearsal dinner is on my birthday. I'm very perturbed about it. And um, my mother keeps asking, who are you bringing? Who are you bringing? Who are you bringing? I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. And she's like, well, my friend Leslie could be your date. You should bring me. Then no. you shut up. You love this older woman with white hair. Okay. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> she's fun at weddings. So. Good dancer. You'd have a good time. <laughs> so, yeah, how about your brothers? You know, my brothers and I got along when we were kids. Like, we would play together. We'd have fun. But as, you know, puberty hit, we started growing up. And we 
went different ways. Things got kind of strained. Like I have a decent relationship with my youngest brother right now. And he's, he sends me memes all day. I'm like, do you have a job? He, he tries to relate to me and I'll send me a picture and he'll be like, does this outfit match? And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's you. He assumes I have the fashion thing, which I, I like, I understand clothes and color and not match or not clashing patterns because clashing patterns make me homicidal (laughs) just like assumes that i'm christian siriano and i'm like no i look like i ate him (laughs) he's so tiny he looks like a little chicken wing you know my my other brother uh he's he's definitely uh a, a lot more conservative and he grew up around like uh uh an uncle of mine who has like the toxic masculinity thing on lock. Mm-hmm. He has his job and he, he resented me or he, he always gave me a hard time uh, about college and school. Right. Because I, my dream at the time was to go to Emerson. Cause I was like, I'm going to go for TV production and I'm going to be great. Blah, blah, blah. And I got rejected. All my friends in high school got in and I didn't. Um, oh. I know I was so mad, but you know what? It was a blessing in disguise because he, I went to Framingham state. I, saved a ton of money my student loans are paid off and I'm the only one working in the industry like I'm working for the network you know and they're doing whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. it's a blessing in disguise I think but um Mm -hmm. he he gave me a hard time about it he was so mean about it and then he was convinced he was going to go to BU and get a baseball scholarship and then he got cut from the JV team yeah good luck Mm -hmm. with that yeah he's he's always resented me and I I get it a little bit because you know growing up I was the A student I was the outgoing one I was well that's the oldest child yeah so I I think that in a sense and I wish it could be different but it's it's just not Mm -hmm. but what are you gonna do right it is what it is it is what it is it is what it is That's what you would say. I think it's great that you got to do what you do. And even to get where you are, it's not easy to even get into this business, is it? No, not at all. I I was Mm -hmm. very lucky. I had a lot of people in my corner who had connections who got me my internship, which got me my first job, which got me my next job, which got me my next job. Um, The the business is very incestuous. Yeah. You know, I, I was very lucky that people recognized that I had this propensity or affinity for this i'm pulling up big words to sound like an important jerk face we love it <laughs> it's working <laughs> i was very lucky and you know it's, it's not without work obviously but he he's always i think i don't want to say jealous because like eh, but i think he's always resented the attention i got well I mean, but that's what happens though that's so natural in families it's just yeah. There's competition and it's just, it's pretty interesting to just watch the family to see how it all goes with attachment. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, very interesting. Just the fact that you figured out what you love to do and you're doing it. I love that. And how lucky are you to do that? And how lucky is it for everyone else around you? Because I, I honestly believe that we're all give giving gifts and the gifts aren't for us. They're for other people. Mm. They really are. We're supposed to use those gifts that go to other people and it sounds like you're doing that that's awesome well and that's how I look at it too and I, I I'm so lucky because I've gotten to tell so many important stories and you know raise awareness of certain things like I think about um this one interview and piece I produced when I was still working in Boston there was this young man who had been bullied 10 years prior and he was pushed down the stairs of his school and he ended up paralyzed he like oh. he couldn't move his arms or his legs he eventually regained the use of his oh. arms but he'll never walk again 
again. And so obviously the family took legal action and there was this whole lawsuit and they, you know, successfully sued the, the student involved there, or I guess the student's family because the kid was 11. Uh, but the Supreme Judicial Court of Massachusetts ruled that because the, of the way the law is written, that the, ch- the well, he's not a kid anymore, he's a man, the man couldn't uh, sue the school because it wasn't a school staffer who pushed him. Oh. Yeah. So wow. he had this whole push where he was trying to lobby the legislature to change the law or update the law so that, you know, if anyone is a victim of bullying, they can, you know, they have a legal remedy, right? So we, you know, did the sit down interview with this kid and his lawyer, and it was just really compelling and heartbreaking. And, um, you know, we got to bring attention to his cause and he just poured his heart out. And these people, they sit down with you. I think about like um, the family of a murder victim I sat down with and they, you know, told us about how they're trying to make something good out of their loved ones, you know, random senseless murder you know she was out for a jog and some guy just decided he was going to kill her you know um you get to see these people you meet them in the worst moments of their lives and you get to talk to them and learn and see how they're trying to make the world better because of it and you're not every interview is going to be a winner but you know the ones that stick with you are yeah and they think absolutely yeah you learn a lot from from that that's awesome never a dull moment yeah that is amazing um so I, I know I know this, but I don't know if my mom knows this. So Corey recently took a new job too in New York City. So made the 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 move from Framingham to NYC. Tell us more about that. Yeah. I am so like, how was I guess the biggest thing about that? Like, how was leaving your mom? Oh <gasps> yeah, it's been interesting. We talk almost every day on the phone, and you know we we just like catch up. And my hours are so weird mm-hmm. too because I work early in the morning. So sometimes I'll call her on lunch or whatever it is because I'll be in bed at 6 7 p.m depending on my day but you know it's it's been interesting it's been freeing because you know I had a lot of mm-hmm. freedom and I was very lucky because my parents were like do whatever you want and you know they'd they'd ask me for money if they needed it but that wasn't a regular thing right like I'd, I'd help when I could but they were just like I, I was not making a lot of money back home this is Mm-hmm. This. I, I like to say that they were subsidizing my uh, TV news habit um, because <laughs> <Get it. laughs> yeah. Um, yep. When I graduated college, I had a part-time job at my internship, which I ended up going on to work there full-time for like eight years. But I also had a job at a public access station in, in the next town over teaching like high school kids and much older folks how to edit video, which we can get into because that has its whole oh my God, we, story. We need your help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got you. I can do that. I do that professionally. I'm very supportive mm-hmm. parents. That's yeah. wonderful. I'm glad yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah. So do you like New York City? It's a different world here. <laughs> I didn't realize how, I guess the word is repressed, how repressed New England is. Um, just, just going out and meeting people is just a totally different world and people talk to you and they're, you know, having a good time and, you know, they, they make conversation. And I feel like whenever I would go out in Boston, for example, you know, it was just very like everyone kept to their own. It was, it's much less of a free for all back home. And that, that was the most surprising thing for me because my friends are like, oh yeah, we're just talking to these random people we met. And I'm like, we do that? And they're like, oh, you're not from here. Ah, that's funny. 
Me and my mom do that every time we go out. Oh, I'm surprised we're alive. I'm surprised we haven't get murdered. <laughs> I know. Fuck everybody. So what do you do for work there then? So what what exactly do you do? So I'm a pr- I'm a producer. So I write stories, edit stories. Sometimes I I fill in and I produce the newscast as a whole. So certainly not dull. Uh, you know, and there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in the news cycle, obviously, but it's, I'm, I'm working, I went from working on a, na- a local level to a national level and there's, there's a lot going on. That is yeah. awesome. I am so proud of you. Thank and you. You work so hard to get there. You know, you, you, you sacrificed to do what you're doing and you made it. So yeah. congratulations for that. Your mother must be so proud well she's she's she always has been and it's so sweet but like she even so when I when I first graduated that part-time job I had at the station I interned at I was I was a floor director and literally a floor director's job is I don't want to demean it but it's it's not basically you have to tell the the anchors look at this camera or you have to tell the weather people (laughs) 30 seconds or and you run the teleprompter so it's not it's not like a, a job that you have to have like a ton of training for. Right. And you know, it's still not an easy job, but it's not like one of those things that you have to have like 20 years of experience to do. And so I did that when I graduated and my mother would go around and be like, my cause a director, I'm like floor director. <laughs> um, she's like, whatever. They don't know. I'm, I'm telling you you're a director. I'm like okay. <laughs> 22 and broke, but Okay. <laughs> That's so cute. That's I love that. Awesome. I love it. That's my girl. Oh, I'm so Aww. glad that you have her and I'm so glad that she has you. It's just there's nothing I always bring up and M hates when I say this, but I think about the fact that you feel that way about Brittany, not me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, she was so cute when she was born. It's so funny. I was just thinking about every time I see her just seeing her as an adult and being with her people or she got married last week. Just when I think of Emily, I think of when she was a little girl. Um, Dogs are jealous. Yeah, they are. They're jealous. But no, seriously, just, and I'm sure your mother does the same thing. You know, when I, when I think of Em, I think of her when she was a little tiny girl and now here she is an adult. She has that same little face, but she's an adult now. (laughs) And you probably do too. And your mother knows you in different ways that other people don't. So she just must be so happy. Obviously, she's happy because you're doing well, but you you are well. Yeah, you know, and, you're, and you're, that's the thing is that watching someone grow up is is a hell of an experience. And you have that yeah. sort of bond because you've been through these different things together. Yeah. And you, you are adorable, Corey. Oh. I am so happy that I got to meet you. Em and I are going to go to New York. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's going to go straight to my ego. You're playing a dangerous Good. Movie. I was about to say that. I was like, don't tell Corey that. <laughs> oh, well, we're going to see you in New York. So you, you're still doing comedy out there. Where can people find you if they want to come see your comedy in New York City? Um, they should follow my Instagram and Twitter because I'll post updates there. It's both at E. Corey Saunders. Corey has an E in it. People who spell it without the E are incorrect. Um, but there's an E before it. E. Corey Saunders. So I post things there and actually I'm going to be back in Boston in May because it's actually my mother's 60th birthday. Ah! Um, yeah, so I'm coming home for a few days and I'm going to be doing um, Nora Panahi's new show at the Rosy Square Theater that Friday night, the 19th. Um, and it's a queer comedy show, so it's going to be like a really great lineup and it's going to be a really good space if you want to see, you know, not straight white guys talking about their you-know-whats. Oh, and we should go. Yeah. 
time to have yeah. a real smile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we will. I get to meet you. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, be a blast. I love that. As always, we have to call our sponsor, New Hampshire Made Moms, New Hampshire who Made is my sister's company, who she makes all sorts of apparel in all of New Hampshire. Well, Corey has and one of her t-shirts get... on right now. <laughs> she always makes that up. She does, he, Yeah, he's wearing it. Yep. Yeah, she said it to him. Yeah. <laughs> you got a hat on. But yeah, we do have Made Mom t-shirts you could order if you wanted, yeah. anyone that's listening. She, but she makes custom anything, uh, t-shirts, sweatshirts, sweatpants, anything you want. Anything in life, imagine. Absolutely. And she has her own designs too. And she's amazing, and she does great work. And she's my favorite child. So yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, exactly. Like, see, look at Emily's face. What like you could just tell she like swallowed really hard because she really thinks that her sister's my favorite. You're I'm used to it. I do, I, I accepted it when I was like ten. It's cool. It. I love all of you. You're all different. No worries. And it's fun though. No, seriously, it's fun because each one of you is so different. I get to really enjoy each personality. I'm I'm being serious. It's awesome. I mean, I'm the only one she has a podcast with. That's so like right. we're fine. Actually, we're good. You and I are so much alike, it's not even funny. It's weird. Yeah, we both have the ADHD. ADHD. Et cetera. And we're both hilarious, right? Sometimes this podcast we just go in circles for hours, but it's fine. I just want to remind the audience too to if they like the podcast, to leave a review. And put yeah, like on it. review exactly. wherever you're listening. How does that work? And they have to wherever they're listening, they leave a review. Yeah, or send us an email too if you have any. If you want us to talk about anything on the pod. On the pod. But okay. thank you so much, Corey, for being on the show. Thank, thank you for having you. me. You're so happy. Yes, okay. your sweetheart. No, Take you care. laugh. All right, all right. Love you, mom. Love you. Hey, this is Emily from Mame and Mom. Thanks for listening to our podcast. It comes out every Monday. Music by Faradazis of Wiki Games. Sponsored by New Hampshire Made Moms. Write in listener questions to mamemom at gmail.com. Us or probably one of our dogs will respond with feedback. Mame out. <laughs>